Hi, I'm Joe Zeidel, Chief Investment Strategist, and welcome to the Blackstone Podcast. This episode is going to focus on trade, where many of our listeners know that the United States recently imposed a 25% tariff on $200 billion worth of goods imported from China, and China increased their tariffs in a response. And this round of tariffs is much different from what we saw in 2018. This round of tariffs has both bark and bite to it. What we saw last year was more about the headlines. Aside from narrow tariffs on steel and aluminum, which were rather ineffective in my view, the rest of the tariffs that were applied in 2018 were on much more thinly traded items, or at least items that didn't touch consumers directly. For example, there were tariffs on nuclear reactors. There were tariffs on isotopic separators. I don't know what an isotopic separator is, but it's not available on Amazon, and I probably lost my TSA pre-check as a result of having searched for it. But this time, the tariffs are going to touch consumers directly. These are on consumer items that are purchased every day, things like luggage, furniture, baseball gloves, backpacks, building products, which threatens to push up construction prices. And this is something that if the tariffs are to remain in place, in other words, if we don't see a resolution to the trade war anytime soon, this round of tariffs represents a true lose-lose situation for both the US and China. And I'll explain. From the US perspective, we're looking at both slower growth and higher prices. In other words, we run the risk of a stagflationary environment. Slower growth because these goods that are being imported from China are gonna be more expensive, and the more expensive goods in turn push up inflation. It's been at least 40 years since the US dealt with any form of stagflation in any sort of secular way, but slower growth and higher inflationary prices is a very bad mix for the US economy. From the China perspective, it's also a lose because they run the risk of supply chains moving out of China and into other countries that are not affected by tariffs. So it's our view that ultimately a trade deal will be agreed upon, but I think it will still take time. I don't expect that we'll see a trade deal in the next three to six months, but sometime after that, I do expect the US and China to come together because both countries need it. Neither one wants to see the slower growth, neither one wants to see the higher prices, and from China's perspective, they need it economically. And from President Trump's perspective, he needs it in order to mount his re-election campaign. So ultimately, I do think both sides are incented to come together in order to arrive at a, some sort of conclusion to this trade war. But if it lingers, we can expect to see a couple things. For instance, if you take the tariffs as they are today, as well as the potential tariffs on the remaining $300 billion worth of goods that are imported from China, it means that you can basically take 10 basis points of GDP growth off the US economy every two months. So in other words, over the course of a year, we could see the tariffs shaving about 50 basis points of growth away from the United States. And that's off a base of about 2.6% GDP growth. So in other words, the damage to the US economy could be substantial. And the damage to the Chinese economy could even be more substantial. There's more downside risk to China given their reliance on exporting. So economically, both countries are at risk. The second risk to consider is to corporate profits. And corporate profits, I think, will show the damage from the trade war even more quickly than the economy because corporations will be looking at higher input prices almost immediately, maybe not for the second quarter, but I certainly think we'll see it beginning with the third quarter. And the background here is that corporate profits had already been pretty weak. We'd seen profit growth slow from about 20% year over year in 2018 to near flat in 2019. In the first quarter, earnings growth was near zero, and I expect it to be near zero for the second quarter. 
At the same time, we saw profit margins peaking in the United States. Margins peaked in the fourth quarter in the S&P 500, and they'd been rolling over because of higher wage costs. But now margins will be under further pressure due to higher input prices through the tariffs as well. So in other words, we could see a corporate profits recession in the United States as a result of both natural forces, right, which were very tough comps on a year-over-year basis, but the self-inflicted wounds from trade. So I think until the trade war gets resolved, we will be in a risk-off environment. And that is United States and global markets should expect more volatility. In the US, we could easily see a correction of 10 to 20% simply because of the trade war. And by the way, that's not hugely unusual. If you look at the S&P from 1960 to current, in any given calendar year, the average decline is actually 13%. So if we do end up with a 10 to 20% correction, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Now, the silver lining here is this. I don't think trade ends our economic expansion. In other words, I don't think the trade war triggers a recession. It has been our view that we would be in a slower growth environment for longer. So I think even as the trade war works its way through the system and ultimately reaches some sort of positive conclusion with an agreement between the US and China, it means that corporate profits will have a chance to recover. So I wouldn't use the volatility as an excuse to get defensive or to lower betas with respect to risk assets. But rather, I would look at the volatility and think opportunistically, is it a time to add to portfolios? I think we will see some better buying opportunities in equity and credit risk assets as the year goes on. But I would view the volatility really as an opportunity because I think the economic expansion will continue on longer than most people think and profits will have a chance to recover. In other words, this is not the end of the economic expansion and this is not the end of the secular bull market in equity and credit risk assets. That's it for this episode, and stay tuned for future podcasts. Neither this podcast nor any of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or instrument in or to participate in any trading strategy with any Blackstone fund or other investment vehicle. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and there is no assurance that any Blackstone fund will achieve its objectives or avoid significant losses. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements. Such statements are subject to various risks and uncertainties. For information about Blackstone's business, including risks and financial information, please refer to our public filings at ir.blackstone.com.